0: Top of the news this evening is speculation concerning the real facts behind the Department of Health announcement about a radioactive spill supposed to have occurred yesterday at the state nuclear plant. You will die only to live again in a younger body. Then you can tell me if the operation was a success. I could easily kill you now, but I'm determined to have your brain. You're listening to the Really Awful Movies podcast, a celebration of genre cinema. Hi, my name is Chris, and along with Jeff, we talk about movies that aren't really awful at all. Horror, action, kung fu, musicals, post-apocalyptic, women in prison films, and much, much more. From our downtown Toronto headquarters, here's episode 326 of the Really Awful Movies podcast. Happy Death Day. Now, as has been uh, the thrust of recent episodes, uh, real life, broadly speaking, has informed uh, podcast content uh, going forward, so... Uh, my birthday just passed and as long as I don't anytime soon or at least in the next 40 50 years I'll, I'll be a happy camper um, it was my birthday a couple weeks back and my employer is usually quite diligent about these things uh, in terms of uh, giving out uh, donut treats and uh, and uh, sourcing you know sugary uh, cakes for such occasions uh, forgot and uh, I don't hold it I don't begrudge them or hold it against them but uh, on the um, one of the many silver linings, I think, to working from home is not having to endure the societal spectacle and awkwardness that is standing there while someone sings happy birthday to you, which is unbelievably awkward. I mean, uh, how is one supposed to um, deal with this? Put your hands in your pockets, whistle. Uh, I don't know. I find it an incredibly awkward song. Um, And uh, speaking of songs, one that I've been listening to is uh, 16 Tons of Tennessee Ernie Ford. You load 16 tons, uh, what do you get? Another day older and deeper in debt. Well, the debt problem hasn't uh, followed me around, uh, but definitely one year older and uh, not sure if I'm uh, any the wiser. Uh, Now when it comes to the uh, production team behind Happy Death Day, well, it's uh, Blumhouse, and uh, I don't know how... You guys feel about it. I think it, their output runs the gamut from mediocre, and that would be Oculus, uh, Paranormal Activity, to the good, but not the great. And I would throw in Get Out and Sinister. They're very, very good efforts, but uh, this production outfit has failed to put out anything great, and uh, Happy Death Day is, uh, frankly, right in the middle maybe a little leaning towards uh, the latter, but uh, Christopher Landon, who's part of the Landon family and I believe uh, son of Michael, uh, Little House on the Prairie, and that um, he was tapped to direct this effort as he was responsible for some of the even more forgettable, I would say, um, paranormal Activities sequels, uh, none of which I've admittedly seen, but if it's based on uh, the source material, the original, it's not nothing I would deem to regardless. But you know, Blumhouse put their money behind this you know, occasion-based horror effort. Occasions are, uh, are prime uh, candidates around which you can uh, launch a marketing campaign and marketing materials and it runs the gamut from something uh, straightforward and rather obvious of, uh, let's say, uh, Halloween, the eponymous uh, holiday around which uh, the John Carpenter's effort is based to something more obscure like uh, the original Wicker Man oh, and the remake too, but around May Day you got your April Fool's Day you got uh, New Year's Evil um, uh, even something as banal as the Bloody Wednesday so maybe some people think Wednesday is an occasion and to the extent uh, the days haven't blended together like uh, <laughs> like certain scotches during the pandemic I mean, hell, Hump Day, that's fine fodder for a horror movie as well but happy death day obviously uh, birthdays are something we all share and uh, uh, treat with uh, reverence or uh, dismissal in equal measures Uh, i think the older you get (laughs) probably that uh, people can uh, relate on that front um tree is an undergrad at, uh, at fictional uh, Bayfield University which is meant to be in Louisiana but uh, seems to be way too palm tree ridden and sunny to be uh, from the bayou but uh, I think it could be somewhere in California or something but she is an undergraduate who is having an affair with one of her professors uh, tacky pretty tacky uh, but that provides a little bit of interest narrative interest that could have been maybe uh, better developed but uh, she uh, is forced to, a la Groundhog Day, to which this is frequently compared, live the same day over and over and over and over and over again, which could be an extended metaphor for the COVID uh, pandemic and the inability to properly delineate between, well, work and, and life insofar as uh, work seems to encroach so much on your life when they can't uh, control you in person. I'm not calling out my employer in that regard. I think that's what's happening in a lot of workplaces as uh, employers are finding out that uh, the necessity to see one another face-to-face has been uh, grossly overstated, shall we say. Um, Tree faces a series of nightmares uh, from which she um, wakes up, not to the strains of I Got You, Babe, the uh, execrable uh, Sonny and Cher hit uh, a la Groundhog Day and uh, Phil Connors and uh, Bill Murray, but to her dad ringing her up, to wish her uh, all the best on the auspicious day. and She wakes up uh, in the dorm room of um, a character named Carter with whom she might have or might not have had a drunken dalliance the night before. Uh, It's revealed slowly uh, later on that they didn't and they're the twosome in which uh, the audience is meant to more heavily uh, invest. And Tree is, it should be said, wonderfully portrayed by uh, Jessica Roth, who's who is in La La Land. I'm not familiar with her work, but uh, she's in her 30s and ca- very capably and charmingly playing uh, a decade down uh, in, in age as the uh, protagonist. Um, this movie has also been compared in the same breath to Scream, and to the extent that it's one of these ironic self-referential type films, I think that's probably a f- fair point of comparison, however, I'd probably link it thematically more in line with the 1950s film noir of DOA, where the protagonist in that film is poisoned and has to solve his own murder effectively as the um, toxin is coursing through his veins and he's only got so uh, so long to live. So that one at least puts a uh, an end point and a coda on uh, the protagonist's life here, whereas Um, tree and her uh, her misadventures in the subconscious keeps waking up and waking up and waking up and waking up um, being stalked by this mysterious figure wearing this uh, laminated mask and this Bayfield University, for whatever reason, doesn't have your standard, uh, your standard Southern U.S. or varsity mascot. This the typical, gator, cougar, lion, tiger, bear, that kind of thing, or fighting this and fighting that. It's I don't even know what it is. It looks like some sort of weird, uh, doll. It it, it doesn't really. I, I'm not sure what kind of point they're trying to make, but it, it, I guess this is a very this is a campus that's infused with all things Greek, um, all things uh, frat and sorority, and I believe tree is part of the sorority sisterhood as well. And uh, again, given par for the course, as I think uh, creatives who come up with these kinds of things always look askance at sororities and fraternities with, I think, uh, a lot of justification, but also I think that uh, as loner um, creative, uh, solitary writer types. They, uh, I think these kinds of uh, Greek organizations fill them with envy to, to be uh, perfectly honest. Uh, uh, not, I don't think, not in every respect, but, uh, the camaraderie and the, the easy breezy, uh, means by which they, uh, fraternize. Well, there you go. Uh, from the Latin for brother, right, frat for fraterna, fraterna. But um, it's that kind of um, easygoing uh, ease with which uh, they socialize with one another. I think is uh, the bugbear of a lot of uh, solitary uh, journalist, uh, writer types. So I think, but again, uh, a lot of their. Um, Obviously, hazing rituals have put them, uh, I think, quite rightly in the spotlight for behaving uh, in a very backward and uh, brutal uh, ways. And I think the Me Too movement is probably causing a lot of sleepless nights to a lot of um, frat dudes. Anyway, the dynamic, again, between Carter and Tree is really, really what drives this thing forward. And he's um, kind of a timid, uh, reticent i guess friend zone type uh, fellow although he's well, well-meaning and he wakes up to see her just in an increasingly uh, erratic and uh, bedraggled uh, way that she gets up from a hangover and then has to run and go about her business uh, every day and then until she i guess finally re- realizes that much like again the rest of us are doing in covid she's reliving the same day over and over and over again although for the purposes of the narrative Obviously, with some means of variation. Now, it's an interesting conceit, and Blumhouse, I think, has tried this kind of thing before with the conceptual framework that you have to wrap your mind around, and it's a kind of a logical leap that you have to be on board with in order to find this type of film successful. I think it's not in the case of The Purge and its subsequent sequel sequels. I think, even as a fan of dystopian movies, I think that premise and that conceit is... Uh, I mean, you know, dumb as a box of rocks, and I, I was never able to really, really get behind it. It shares some similarities with uh, Happy Death Day, uh, with some of the masks and and some of the aesthetic uh, look, which I think there's a certain sameness to some of the Blumhouse uh, films, but I don't think it uh, that effort exceeds to the extent Happy Death Day does, if you're on board with this conceit. And really, there's no... Uh, you just have to accept it as is and it's fantasy it's like groundhog day it just is what it is and you have to roll with the punches now um you're uh i guess wading into dangerous territory um or into dangerous waters to not mix my metaphors if you're going to align yourself with the likes of the harold ramis directed uh groundhog day i mean this one is i think Uh, masterclass in dark, sinister, existentialist humor. I think it's one of the greatest films ever made. And uh, not two or three months goes by where I don't think about some aspect of it, whether it's Ned, Ned Ryerson, or The Puddle, or The the Alarm Clock that uh, Bill Murray... uh, Endlessly wakes up to and that execrable tune. I got you, But also his um, frequent attempts to uh, off himself, and that's something that uh, Happy Death Day uh, engages with too. Although uh, with not nearly as crackerjack a script, but you do have this tree character downing a bunch of pills and uh, generating a little bit of uh, comedic capital out of her knowing uh, events that are going to transpire far in advance of them. And this is played out in the center of campus, where she emerges in a, in a walk of shame. I don't know, does that still exist? I feel like uh, this is loaded language now, but I think it's uh, still... Um, it's still a thing, but she goes out at the campus, and there's a frat pledge who teeters the, uh, and the uh, and falls into a crumpled heap, due to exhaustion or God knows what, and uh, also a sprinkler system that uh, routinely goes off around the same time, you know, wetting a bunch of coeds in the in the in the uh, quad, and uh, this is played for for yucks throughout as she engages with this. Uh, Goth who uh, gives her the once over and uh, looks her uh, form up and down and uh, but also uh, is played for kicks when she Lady go- Lady Godiva is it through campus, getting uh, into her altogether and just wandering around. When she finally does realize that oh, there are no real consequences to her actions in this. Um, knowing that she's going to wake up to the same day again. It's, it kind of plays into that uh, Greek myth uh, from the, the Ring of Gyges and the conceptual experiment. I believe it's Socratic. It could be... Uh, a. Yeah could have predated that. I'm not certain, but this conceptual uh, thought experiment in which you don the Ring of Gyges, which gives one a cloak of invisibility, and uh, you have to ask yourself the moral imperative as, how, as to how one would act, uh, knowing that uh, no one can see what what uh, you're up to and can uh, keep you and hold you account for your actions. So yeah, the Ring of Gyges it comes into play here. The Director Christopher Landon is smart enough to include a bunch of um, um, possible uh, red herrings, but also suspects um, who could want this uh, beautiful young woman uh, no longer to be uh, with us. But uh, the obvious one would be uh, the fact that she's involved with one of her professors and uh, he's uh, hiding this uh, illicit affair from his from his uh, put upon wife, and uh, I guess the she's taking pre med classes, and he's teaching some kind of a uh, neurobiology class or some some such thing, and but there's also a message in Happy Death Day in insofar as when people take stock of another year that's passed, they frequently are in the self improvement and uh, betterment uh, mindset of just reading a study today talking about the just the surge in. Uh, search engine traffic for self-learning and self-directed learning as we've gone through lockdowns from the spring until now and how people are taking it upon themselves to uh, I guess better themselves through all manner of of, uh, things whether it's learning another language through maybe a Duolingo or uh, adopting certain uh, hobbies that they heretofore would not have engaged in whether that's woodworking or knitting or I don't know yoga or some such thing, but uh, people do take stock of how their lives have uh, have uh, passed over three hundred sixty five days. I can't say that I have this year to any significant extent. I well, my birthdays in the past have been uh, thoroughly uh, unmemorable, and I would count this year as well, uh, only as a caveat because I'm my I don't typically celebrate it on the day itself, but usually gather around some mates or. Uh, for some uh, friends to go out for a few beers and uh, toast another uh, year of uh, of my existence. But uh, this one, nothing really... Uh, I mean, the limitations of not being able to do much of, frankly, anything other than, uh, I guess, um, patronize a, a favorite uh, curbside pickup restaurant uh, on the go kind of offering. So not, nothing really... Uh, and maybe down a couple beers, that was about it. But... Um, This one has instructive, uh, normative, uh, instrumental, um, uh, I guess, uh, metaphors and uh, denotations and connotations and toward the end these are built upon where Tree realizes that she's been a sort of solipsistic, selfish sort and that uh, living the whole, living the, um, a la Phil Connors in um, Groundhog Day, living the same, uh, you know, banal, uh, day uh, day in and day out in the case of Groundhog Day played for really f- fun laughs as uh, Connors memorizes a bunch of arcane uh, French poetry but also masters the piano and uh, really behaves like he's in the midst of COVID and uh, tries to improve himself uh, so he can uh, look better in the eyes of his paramour um, The to a certain extent this happens as well but it's almost an afterthought because the uh, movie tips its hand, plays its hand a little bit insofar as the uh, relationship between Carter and Tree is so, I mean, uh, so compelling right out of the get-go that they don't really need her to really improve herself in uh, his eyes, anyway, because he's just really a smitten puppy dog. And uh, <laughs> yeah. anyway, the where uh, we're going to segue into what I learned here for Happy Death Day. It, it really, this is a movie that I think has a premise that could have around which something a lot more uh, a lot more meaty could have been built. I and mean, it's there's a lot of depth that it could have explored that it really didn't. Instead, taking a more uh, glib and. Uh, Uh, tongue-in-cheek, knowing approach to the material and taking a more scream-like approach, I think it does itself a disservice. Not to mention the fact that tonally it's just so at odds with the existentialist horror that comes from living the same day in and day out, which could be uh, obviously a metaphor for uh, prison, whether it's the mind-forged manacles, uh, I believe that's Yates, is it? I, I can't tell, but it could be a prison of one owns making anyway. If not, it could be an a, a, you could be an actual prison living the same day in and day, day out with your yard time and your commissary times and your, the same time you get breakfast, same time you're, you, your cell is searched and all this kind of thing. But it's a type of existential dread that could have uh, really benefited from a much darker not only the humor sensibilities a la the uh the depths to which i think uh and heights i should also say but uh the depth to which uh groundhog day i think uh, effectively really explored this kind of conceit in a way i think happy death day doesn't quite uh, i think that would have made for a more interesting film than a woman who merely has to Uh, adapt to living the same day over and over again, in which she, and frankly, she improves already, speaking of self-betterment, living that same day over and over again, and improving on it every time. So she gets better and better uh, at hiding from her antagonist, and really, if you were to live the same day over and over again, and this was your biggest concern compared with Phil Connors' uh, concerns over his mental health deteriorating, one could just... Uh, Spend the morning enjoying coffee showering. Maybe there's no real timeline put on it But you could uh, enjoy one of your favorite pieces of literature or music and then just roll over to the police station and just hang out with your friends so that uh, you're um, Adequately protected from uh, whatever psychopath is stalking you. I mean there's enough ways out of this that uh, narrative outs, you could call them in a way that the uh, squares were circled, or circles were squared, I don't know, however way you want to put it, um, in a much tighter and more self-contained circumscribed uh, Groundhog Day film. So another thing I learned while we're on the subject is I'm always, you know, looking out for things like geography, but also mise-en-scene. And uh, there are frequent nods to the uh, speaking of john carpenter i mentioned earlier but they live there's a poster in one of the dorm rooms which i don't think would really merit having a poster I mean, i think it's just purely as a um means of self, self-aggrandizement self for uh, the people behind this production, because if anything, you, there would be the more ubiquitous uh, Pulp Fiction or Reservoir Dogs, and maybe the Bob Marley one. These are like the long-standing cliches of the uh, dorm room uh, aesthetic design considerations, but I don't think anyone is, is, is going to be as good as they live was, and uh, as... Uh, seminal and important a film as that was, I don't think it has that kind of uh, cachet even amongst the cool kids in cinema studies. But that's another thing I learned is various. I think the camera captures that three or four times. We're like, yeah, we get it. We get it. We we get that you're influenced by they live and that there's much uh, more potentially going on here than uh, once you scratch the surface, if that even can be said. What uh, another thing I learned that. Um, I mean, sorority sisters are—they uh, <laughs> are still fat shame even up to this day. I did not know that. Uh, the one member of their ranks who is not even like barely uh, above normal BMI, she just did a normal girl really, and she's called out for being a, a chubby and um, chastised and uh, derided for. A, I believe she had chocolate milk on her tray. It's just the kind of uh, really petty. Um, silly, uh, immature kind of behavior that one would think you'd have outgrown by the time you've passed your SATs and and, uh, uh, matriculated. Is that the word for going into university? I I think so. I think so. You would think that kind of behavior would be left uh, behind, but then again, when you're uh, playing beer pong and funneling uh, beer in the local uh, I felt a thigh fraternity, uh, maybe uh, I'm expecting too much of uh, Gen Z, but uh, Animal House, is, is that still a thing? I don't know. Another thing I learned that uh, this film has some pretty good aesthetic sensibilities at times, but it doesn't really, um, the humor doesn't match the, the gravitas of the subject matter, nor, it should be said, does the gore. I think this film could have really benefited from ratcheting up the gore and maybe uh, standing in contraindication to the typical Blumhouse effort, by aiming for a more, uh, um, I guess, a deeper level of, uh, of, of um, bloodletting. And I think it's par for the course for this production house not to do that. I think it's a mass audience consideration, but this would have really, really benefited from, again, a darker, uh, more morbid, more gallows humor type script approach but also uh, maybe a little bit uh, darker and sinister kills because tonally i think that could have uh, played well off one another because this one has a very jokey tone and you never get the sense that uh, she's in any real particular danger the denouement is somewhat unsatisfying uh, though i don't want to particularly spoil it but um you don't see it coming but it also can't necessarily be wrapped up with a nice tidy bow and doesn't make overt coherent sense at least in my eyes i would have to rewatch it and i'm not one to do so i don't think but that's not saying uh there's not enough to commend a happy death day i mean it does have a certain something it has occasionally crackerjack uh, sharp repartee and again the uh, jessica roth is just such a uh, she's such a great, um, she's so great in this role. And she, it, and when, uh, there's one person in whom everyone is so invested, you can't have a film without someone who's the, that capable and capable she is. And so her performance, I think, uh, just really propels this into another level. Although I'm going to only give it, uh, maybe just a, Maybe a, a more tepid uh, recommendation, but I'm going to give this a solid three and a quarter out of five. You know, just a reminder that uh, you, while we're uh, fully ensconced in the Christmas holiday season, uh, just to, if you can, help support the show. Oh, there's uh, my uh, my cable guys are uh, out at work uh, making sure my... Uh, internet is all stable and everything so apologies for that but um if listeners could pick up a copy of death by umbrella the hundred weirdest horror movie weapons uh, that would really help the show if you're a fan of trauma you'd really dig it um, lloyd kaufman has written a really fun forward and it's a book that jeff and i are really proud of and are also proud to say hasn't dated much despite it being released in 2016 because it's as comprehensive a unique kill repository and tome as you'll ever see and i don't think we missed a beat on that one and it's uh, and uh, for fans of um, us as writers we've also dived into the uh mass market non-fiction space again but in a different genre category with uh all things action and all things chewing on toothpicks and sinister glowering and roundhouse kicking through minds bigger than yours the hundred wackiest action movies uh hell pick up a copy of both of them they make uh, great uh, christmas gifts or or in keeping with the theme from today's show birthday gifts too and um i see these guys are really uh drilling up a storm here, so I'm going to have to vamoose, but I shall talk to you soon. All the best over the holiday season, and take care.